The American, Chapter 5, by Matthew C. McLean, A Shorthand Missile Tale. With Simon having downed the last of the bayous, I returned to the one I had pinned under the chair. Eyeing his black and red balaclava, I leaned the chair a bit into his throat to remind him where everyone stood. You were saying? I goaded him. You beat our friend last night. He didn't sound tough now but more like the man-child he was, complaining about a playground grudge. It stood out in contrast to the semi-professional shakedown tactics they had used entering the cafe. Really? I raised my eyebrows in mock surprise, as if I had beaten any number of people last night. Which one was he? I asked, hoping to get a name. Surprisingly, Balaclava didn't fall for that. Instead, he tried to spit, but with the chair's weight on his windpipe, he just covered his chin in more saliva. Okay, I nodded, trying to pure understanding. To confuse the mercy on my face with my actions, I pushed down on the chair's rear stretcher again, putting much of my weight into his gut. He groaned ardently, trying to suck in as much air as he could, even as his gut squeezed up towards his diaphragm. So your friend got his feelings hurt and sent you here after me. You don't think I should talk to him about that? More spittle now. I couldn't tell if it was defiance or him just trying to talk around what the chair was doing to his insides. He wouldn't be such a bitch about it. In reward for having finally said something interesting, I let my weight off of him. Then how do you know it was me? Balaclava stared at me, the uncertainty apparent in his eyes, trying to decide if giving up this information would be a betrayal of whatever imaginary code he claimed to abide by. I made to lean on the chair again, which helped him make up his mind. Some flambeur was in the car behind, said he'd seen who did our friend and told us what you looked like. I was so intrigued by this, I nearly sat on the dumbass. The only person who had seen me beat on the Corskin was Gaspard, although anyone who had been watching the security feed before it switched off could have deduced what was going to happen. To be sure it was one and not the other, I asked, what did he look like? Balaclava took another moment to do an evaluation on where he stood on the map of his murky ethics. The weight of the chair helped him move along to, he never got out of the car. I leaned a bit more, so he continued, he had a beard, dark hair, gray, older, lots of wrinkles, big white teeth. Not much to go on, but it might be enough. I considered asking about the girl the Corsican from the casino had mentioned, but if Balaclava wasn't willing to give me a name, he wouldn't give me anything so personal, even if he had it. I stood up and lifted the chair off of him. Your friend was bothering people at the casino, and it was my job to take care of him. I leaned forward, so me and him were staring each other in the eye. You understand? I'll let this go, but if you bother this man, I pointed to Simon, the casino owners will take an interest. Like many casinos, the one in town had a lot of shadowy rumors around it, so I invoked those for Simon's protection. Either it worked or the interrogation was intimidating enough on its own. 
Balaclava nodded with only a hint of resentment, which was to be expected of any young man who had just gotten throttled. I gestured towards the door in the same polite manner I would have used for a too-drunk patron at the casino. Balaclava rubbed his throat, his eyes still smoldering with anger, while Simon menaced the other two with his new weapon. I waited, internally cagey, wondering if one of them was stupid enough to try anything again. Externally, I tried to project a facade of infinite patience, even as I wanted to hit each of them again for having made me waste my breakfast. But I didn't have any appetite anymore anyway. Simon walked over to stand behind me as the voyous limped out. The lack of backward glances gave me some assurances they weren't going to have an inadvisable attack of courage. After they disappeared somewhere in the world beyond the cafe's tall windows, Simon bent down to pick up his cigarello, relighting it. When enough time passed that I was certain as I could be the morning wasn't going to have any more strange occurrences, I said to Simon, Sorry about that. Simon puffed gently, then shrugged, all fatalism. How were you to know? I thought about the course again and the unknown gambler. Simon was right. There was definitely too much going on that I didn't know about. Thank mm-hmm. you.